Hey everyone, welcome to episode 100 of the Davidson Hang Reflections and Lessons from a Life Worth Living. I appreciate you checking out my podcast, Instagram, YouTube channel, whatever you're finding this. And yeah, I wanted to share with you 10 quotes from a book that I just read about Ram Das. Uh, he's an interesting spiritual guru. So here it goes. Um, number one, Maraji told me to be like Gandhi. Now I realized that meant fully participating in the human condition. But what did that look like? Others were better trained to alleviate suffering like nurses, doctors, and political act activists. They manifested compassion or fought injustice in their own ways. As I pondered Maharaji's instruction, I realized my ability is to serve as a spiritual friend, help others see what lies at the root of suffering and help them to awaken. I couldn't help people get free to serve others. Hold on to nothing, Maraji. Number three, contentment is a practice. It's a feeling, it's not a feeling of accomplishment from doing something. Contentment is just about being complete in the moment. In that moment, in the moment, there's just presence, no future or past, just happy to be here in the moment. Contentment is an attitude of the soul. Gandhi said, when you surrender completely to God as the only truth worth having, you find yourself in the service of all that exists. It becomes your joy and recreation. You never tire of serving others. Billions of acts create suffering in the world, acts of ignorance, greed, and violence. But in the same way, each act of caring, the tiny, the billion tiny ways that we offer compassion, wisdom, and love to one another serves to to preserve and heal our world. When I help someone change their perspective on their individual problems, I also change society. Miha Baba said, love is like a disease. Those who don't have it, catch it from those who do. Love transmitted from Maraji's heart to my heart, to your heart, and to the next heart, one to another. Number five. Love the best you can at any moment. Don't harsh yourself. And it can be tricky for everyone having this dual citizenship of biographical and the divine. You're not alone. We're in this together, connected, all one. Number six, as a teenager, I used to hide on the stairs to listen when dad led Brandeis board meetings in our living room. I would overhear how they went about hiring and firing professors. And I understood then that academics was clear about who you knew and not what you knew. The power is wielded by money and big names, professors who get grants and have written the most books or papers. I didn't have the books or brilliant, or brilliant research at Harvard, but I, I did know the power of connections. I was well-spoken and charismatic, and I was good at dropping a 40 in reference or two to impress my colleagues. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to see how Western society sees success, um, especially like being in business, right? You know, I'm, I'm working for typical corporate America, and um, you notice there's a difference between people who are happy, who have money, and you can tell people who have power and success who aren't necessarily as happy. It certainly makes you think or reflect a bit. 
Number seven, we studied ill in pilgrim rest houses called darshamas. Um, some put up by the government with concrete rooms and wooden beds. At first, it was an adventure, and the Spartan conditions didn't bother me. But it was very hot, and as the days went by, I needed to distract myself from the blisters and bad food. I tried to entertain myself, narrowing my past exploits to Bhagavan Das. I thought he would be amused, but he was completely uninterested. When I told stories, he just replied, just be here now. And I was thrown back into myself, just here now. Suddenly sitting there, it occurred to me, occurs to me that Mar Marana, Ah, Maraji knew, knows my thoughts about my mother. Then he knows all about my other thoughts too, including all other things I'm not I'm most ashamed of. My bisexual double life, my intellectual pretense, my anger at my mother. I can't bear that he knows all this. These are all things I keep carefully hidden. I'm convinced that if people were to know them, they wouldn't love me. I'm sitting on the grass looking down, thinking about all the things I'm so ashamed of. I don't want anyone to know. He's sitting just above me on his plank bed. And I know he knows every one of these thoughts. He's talking to other people as if nothing out of the ordinary is going on. Funnily, I summon the courage to look up at him. He's looking back down at me only a few inches away. And all I see is his face is total love. I know that all of these things I'm so ashamed of, he knows. But instead of criticism, all I feel is great love coming from him. He's not judging me or mocking me or laughing at me. He's just talking to people. I look at him, he looks down at me and I realize he's just loving me with pure, unconditional love. Number nine, in the West, the idea of sur surrendering to a guru carries negative connotations. It implies giving up power to another human being, but that internal surrender is really about letting go of the things that keep you separate, your own feathers. You surrender to something greater than yourself, a love beyond form. Mirage, number 10, Mirage kept giving me these experiences with power until I saw it was love, not power, that matters. Well, I hope you enjoy this. And if you do, uh, check out my podcast and I'll link that into the notes as well. Cheers, everyone.